pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this evening. Uh, thank you uh, for your word, uh, for your spirit, for your son. I pray that you would teach us uh, and instruct us uh, that uh, we would know you your Son and your Spirit as the one true living uh, Creator God, uh, that you created uh, all things, uh, heaven, earth, the seas, and all there in them uh, in six days and rested on the seventh, and that uh, we couldn't know these things uh, apart from your word. And so we uh, thank you for your word. We thank you for our time together and pray that uh, our speech and conduct would be honoring and glorifying uh, to you uh, and that uh, you bless our time together and we pray in your son's name. Amen. All right, so we're looking at uh, an issue and Steve, you kind of jumped right right in the thick of, thick of really? it. Really? Yeah. But I think uh, be able to uh, catch up a bit. And so we're looking at Genesis 1-1, uh, and there's an issue uh, that comes up uh, right off the bat uh, that uh, you're bound to see if you look at many commentaries, uh, read blogs or uh, whatever, uh, it, it'll uh, come up. And so there's an issue about the meaning of the very uh, first uh, words, uh, mm-hmm. Bereshit, Bereshit, uh, and so in beginning, in, in the beginning, uh, and there's a question about how it should be interpreted and then translated, and so is it as tr- traditionally uh, for for many, uh, for for so many throughout uh, history, maybe a couple, couple exceptions here and there, like uh, Rashi. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Or, and then, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Or, in the beginning of God creating the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, uh, and there was light. And so the issue is, is it just in the beginning, or is it in the beginning of something that for, further oh. specifies the beginning? And so either it can be read as, I think I accidentally used the, the word clause, just con- uh, contrasting them, so the traditional interpretation in the beginning is just a phrase. There's no verb in there or predication that would assign some characteristic to the beginning or, you know, say the beginning was good or, or something like that. Or, um, and so there's no verb. So it's not clause. It's just, just a phrase. Uh, and it establishes a temporal context, a temporal frame of reference, uh, a context in time for the main point that follows. It's not the main point. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That'd be the main point of the, the sentence, the, uh, the clause. And so God created the heavens and the earth would then be a main clause, uh, the, the main point that's being made. And in the beginning would be 
a phrase that precedes, establishes the context for the narrative. Uh, and then you have, uh, along with the introduction, you have the introduction of the main participant, God, as in all of scripture and all of history, uh, and then created the heavens and the earth. The entities are introduced, and then it switches to providing more background information. And the earth was without form and void, in darkness over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, and I read, I think it was the New uh, Jerusalem <coughs> Publication Society translation, uh, they just call it the Tanakh. Uh, but there's the, the JPS or the NJPS uh, oh. from the Jerusalem Publication Society, uh, the new, um, their translation, where they have, we'll touch on this uh, a bit more, but they have, when God began to create heaven and earth, the earth being unformed and void and with darkness over the surface of the deep and a wind from God sweeping over the water. They even have wind there. Uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light. That would not be a good translation either way. Uh, by, by shifting it to when God began to create, turns began into a verb, uh, which oh, yeah. it, 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 shifts the, it shifts the meaning. Uh, the NRSV uh, would do a better job either in the beginning of God creating the heavens and the earth and the earth uh, was without form and void. Um, so in the beginning of, or they have, it's maybe a little more idiomatic in English, but pretty much serves the, the same function. Uh, in, although still slightly different. In, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. And so the beginning, uh, it's still a thing. It's still a, till, still a time frame as they translate it. And so uh, the, uh, the NJPS uh, messes with it even more. And so we're, we're not even, uh, that one's even, uh, that one's particularly problematic. So anyway, uh, last week we were just looking at, I mean, really presenting uh, some of the reasons, uh, which I want to start with again. Uh, so go to the beginning of Hosea, Hosea chapter one, and, and we'll look at verse two especially. But we're, we're looking at uh, some of the evidence, some of the reasons, uh, and just the issues surrounding this, why someone would interpret it one way or the other way. Uh, and uh, we'll, again, look at a little more evidence uh, that would be presented in support uh, for the less traditional understanding uh, in which uh, the, the, whole, uh, the, the whole first line would be a dependent clause, not the main point, setting a, setting a, a context in time. Uh, and so in the beginning of God creating the heavens of the earth and the earth was without form and void. Uh, and so that still provides some background, but that would then be the first main clause. That'd be the first sort of main point. Uh, in some, some who are uh, more skeptical uh, would try to use it to then argue, look, you have pre-existent matter. Uh, this is just like the pagan accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're going to see that even for the sake of argument, if, uh, if that interpretation was correct, 
No, it still doesn't uh, teach that. You're still dealing with the beginning. Uh, so uh, we'll look at that uh, and uh, some counter arguments and uh, reasons for uh, the more uh, traditional uh, interpretation. And so first off, uh, just to, if you recall, uh, the last thing we were really looking at is uh, the main central uh, point uh, issue of discussion is, is a beginning, uh, is it in the construct state, uh, grammatically construct state, or the absolute state grammatically? Uh, and so uh, the construct, uh, we talk about it being constructed on something. Uh, and so uh, there's something else that follows uh, and in English. Uh, usually the word of can uh, capture that uh, best. Uh, and so even uh, you have uh, the sons of Jacob. So not just the sons, but the sons of Jacob. You know, it provides more specification. Uh, and it can be kind of an idea of belonging and possession, especially to a category. But, I mean, grammatically, it can cover a whole lot of things uh, where... Uh, you can have, well, the, the, uh, the patriarch of the 12 tribes or the patriarchs of the 12 tribes, uh, but even things like uh, the wheelbarrow of hay. Uh, and so not just the wheelbarrow, but the wheelbarrow of hay, you know, further specifies uh, and uh, provides a, a relationship between these two things. Uh, and even a, a, building, uh, a building of people or a building full of people uh, or... Mm -hmm or a wall of steel, a wall of cement. Uh, and so you can talk about like what fills something like that, that contains it. I can even talk about the material of it. You know, a wall of steel, a wall of cement, uh, a wall of diamond. Uh, and so it can cover broad ideas and even very abstract things or uh, the, the pain of the man, uh, a feeling of sorrow, uh, and I mean, even like ideas and uh, uh, concepts and, you know, mental things and such uh, can get very, very abstract. And so we cover a whole lot of things. And so we're just looking at some of the examples because uh, the central argument that's put forth is that uh, this word, uh, the, the form, reshit, uh, uh, that that word, that the very form of it indicates that it's in the construct state. And so it would set up the expectation that something must follow it that further specifies it. Uh, and so now this is presented as, uh, as an example uh, of where you have, uh, because there are times where you have like a verb following and, and such, but people present Hosea as sort of a, a parallel uh, example uh, to uh, to illustrate this. Uh, and so you have, especially in, in verse 2, I just want to convey a little more uh, clearly this time. And so uh, the word of Yahweh, uh, and so that'd be construct state even, you know, it's not just a word or the word, uh, but uh, the word of Yahweh uh, that came to Hosea, uh, the son of Beeri, 
uh, in the days of Uzziah, uh, Jotham, Ahaz, and, uh, and it's hard switching between uh, Hebrew and English. Uh, Ahaz, uh, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Uh, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, uh, king of Israel. And we have a lot of constructs in there. You know, the son of Joash, uh, king of Israel. Uh, and then the ESV has, uh, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea. Uh, and really this whole thing, there's a, there's a chiasm here where you start with uh, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, uh, in the days of Uzziah, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Now we're coming back, back down the chiasm. Uh, and it would literally be, uh, if we take it as a verb here, uh, the beginning of uh, that which God spoke through Hosea. The beginning of that which God spoke through Hosea. And so again, you have uh, a noun phrase uh, here, uh, and then uh, they take uh, most translations. And uh, there might be some issues because in the, in the text that Hosea wrote, uh, you just have the consonants. And so uh, apart from context, it could be just taken of as word, uh, just like in the beginning. You have the same phrase, davar. Uh, Yahweh, Devar Yahweh. Um, but then they have here, Deber Yahweh, as they add the vowels, uh, Yahweh spoke. And so, mm. word of Yahweh, or, or Yahweh spoke. Uh, and so, there may be some possibility uh, that it could be the, uh, the beginning, uh, kind of repeating, uh, the beginning of the word of Yahweh by Hosea. Um, but there may be good reasons for taking it as, as, as a verb. So let's just say that the, the translations uh, get this right here. And if you don't have any other textual issues and such, they present this as an example. It's a different word as far as like uh, beginning, uh, but you have a similar idea, uh, perhaps followed by it'd be in the infinitive kind of verbal uh, form. Uh, the beginning of that which Yahweh spoke uh, through Hosea, or, or by Hosea. Uh, and then it says, and, uh, and Yahweh said to Hosea. And he goes on to, to speak. Now, even if uh, we say that like the, the translations get this right here, there are significant differences because it doesn't start with a preposition like bereshit uh, uh, in the beginning, or then you'd have in the beginning uh, of God creating the heavens and the earth, uh, but it just starts uh, with a, a noun itself. Uh, it's uh, it's a noun phrase, uh, and so just like in uh, in the uh, the very beginning of this uh, in verse one, uh, the word of Yahweh uh, that came to Hosea, or that was to Hosea, uh, that came to Hosea. 
the, uh, the word of Yahweh. Uh, and then here again, uh, the beginning of that which Yahweh spoke uh, through Hosea. Uh, and so the construction's not the same, not having the, the preposition, you know, in that, uh, at, the, at the beginning of this. Uh, and then you also don't have the shift uh, with uh, the introduction of the, the connective vav, and then the earth was, and the, and the earth was formless and void, where it goes to, to background information, uh, where it switches attention now to the earth. And so th there are significant differences uh, here as far as the, uh, the whole thing. And so you'd want something uh, more solid. Uh, and just quickly, let's see, go to Ruth chapter 4. I'm just going to quickly uh, touch on this. Uh, verse 5. And so Boaz is speaking to the man who, who's unnamed, uh, who uh, could first take, would be uh, nearest of kin, take uh, Ruth, uh, because her, uh, her husband uh, died. So a leveret uh, marriage. Uh, and then in verse uh, 5, uh, the ESV has, uh, then Boaz said, uh, The day you buy the field uh, from the hand of Naomi, uh, you also acquire Ruth, uh, the Moabite, uh, the widow of the dead, uh, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in uh, his inheritance. And now... Here in, uh, in verse 5, you have uh, one of the, the closest examples, uh, potential examples, uh, where as you uh, read uh, through this, uh, this part, uh, then Boaz said, the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you have in the Masoretic text, it's kind of, kind of weird, but and from direct object Ruth, uh, the, uh, the widow of the dead, you acquire. However, there are some uh, significant textual issues uh, because of the repetition uh, of words uh, with Naomi. You have uh, meyad, meyad, uh, from meyad, uh, hand. Of Naomi, and then it has with Ruth. Uh, in uh, let's see, verse five. Umaet Ruth, Umaet Ruth, and so it would be and from direct object marker Ruth, meaning she's the object of the verb. Uh, the uh, Moabite wife of the dead, you acquire, so she'd be the one acquired. 
but there are some serious uh, problems. It's, it's really, it's grammatically very weird, uh, very strange uh, in Hebrew. And this repetition of uh, met means dead. And so you, you have this repetition of dead, uh, similar looking words. You just had with Naomi, me yad, me yad, uh, from hand, from the hand of Naomi. And so you have these similar words that, uh, uh, in letters that repeat uh, throughout uh, this section. And in verse 10, if you go down to verse 10, and there's some uh, commentaries in, uh, in the Biblia Hebraica Quinta, uh, which is uh, kind of the most up-to-date uh, critical uh, text. You have you have three uh, three of these letters again, but you have one letter in between. So we had uh, umet or the met, but now you have vigamet, vigamet root, and so you have a gamma uh, in here, uh, and also gam et. Root. Uh, and so it's not from, but gamma mem, just the mem on its own would be from, but gamma mem also. And also root. And so just uh, look at this uh, leading up to uh, verse, verse 9. So it's echoing back. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses uh, this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi your hand of Naomi again, <laughs> uh, all that belong to uh, Elimelech uh, and all that belong to uh, Helion uh, and uh, Machlon, uh, also, also, and also Ruth, the Moabite, uh, the widow of uh, Machlon, I have bought uh, to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Uh, and so with this repetition of dead, uh, multiple times in similar uh, letters throughout this passage, uh, it'd be very simple for the gamma to just fall out. And it could have been mistaken with the vav because they, they look similar, and, uh, and uh, mm -hmm. the gamma men also. Uh, and so the connective might have been there, maybe not. Uh, and so the, the issue would be where the, the similarity then would be in, that's kind of a <laughs> little roundabout, uh, but... Uh, verse 5 again, then Boaz said, the day that you buy the field uh, from Naomi, and, and they actually be in the day, in the day that you buy the field from Naomi, uh, or uh, in the day of your, your purchasing, you know, acquiring the field from Naomi, and so you have kind of a similar idea in the day of, uh, in the day of something. And so you have this, context and time established, which isn't the main point, and, and also Ruth, uh, and also Ruth, uh, the Moabite, uh, the, the widow of the dead, you acquire uh, in, in English, <laughs> uh, and you also acquire Ruth, uh, the Moabite, uh, the widow of the dead. And so, now the connective though, uh, the, the Vav and, similar to our and, uh, although we, we wouldn't use it in this context, may have been in the original. It, it might not have. 
Uh, and so the, there are some differences there. Uh, and it introduces then, and also, and also Ruth. Uh, and then you're going to have the, uh, the verb that follows. So attention now switches to Ruth that you'll acquire. This is the main point. Uh, and the earth was without form and void. Uh, and so there may be some parallel. But then again, this is also found in dialogue addressed to someone. It's not quite in the, the narrative portion, the events. Uh, it's not introducing a narrative. Uh, it's not followed by background statements, which then lead up to the main narrative and God created light. So in, in the beginning of God creating the heavens and the earth, and the earth was uh, without form and void, background and darkness over the face of the deep, spirit of God hovering over uh, uh, the, uh, the waters, and so that's all. The, that's just the state of things, the incomplete earth. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Uh, and so it, it's not introducing a narrative. It's in dialogue. Uh, and there are some real textual issues. So <laughs> I didn't mean to spend so much time on that. But it, it's one of the closest potential examples I found. But there, there are also some significant differences. It doesn't introduce background then. Uh, for, for a narrative, to introduce a narrative. And so there are significant differences and there, you know, there's some question. Uh, the, the connective may have been there, uh, but there's some significant textual issues which raises doubt. So you have to be kind of careful with the examples that you provide. And I just want to look one more kind of along these lines. Uh, in this one, let's see, I, I forgot to add it to my notes. So uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18 Verse 19. Oh, whoops, my keyboard turned to Greek. So <laughs> it's not for me, Samuel. Okay, so here, you know, the, the ESV has, uh, at, the, the t uh, at the time, but the, the preposition's the same. So you have beyom in the day, uh, or, or wait, I was looking at that. No, uh, here, I was looking at the other text. We're just looking at it. Uh, at, at, uh, in the time, at the time. And so same same preposition. Uh, and so at the time, uh, at the time uh, of uh, the giving of uh, Merav, uh, daughter of Saul uh, to David. Uh, so at the, the time of the giving of Merav, uh, daughter of Saul, to David, so you have this uh, this context in time, but what the ESV leaves off. But it happened at the time when uh, Merav, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David. You then have uh, Woodenly, and she uh, was given to Adriel uh, the Maholathite. Uh, for a wife. 
Uh, and so you have this context in time. You have the connective, vav, and, that he, she, raises, <laughs> she's Hebrew, he, she, and she. Uh, it's hard one to get over learning Hebrew. Um, and who is he? <laughs> and, uh, people have done kind of the whole, uh, you know, who's on first, you know, who, who, who is he? <laughs> who means he? And he means she. And uh, it, it gets problematic. And dog means fish. <laughs> um, but, uh, and so similarly, you have this context in time, you have the connective, and now in Hebrew, uh, with law constructions, the default is verb, and then you have subject, object, uh, and other information that's uh, provided uh, to simplify things a bit. But here, it brings she forward to switch attention to her, and then the verb. She was given to, uh, so it follows the, the same word order as English now, uh, shifting focus to her, and she was given to Adriel the Meholathite uh, for a wife. And so you have some parallels, but there are some really important differences. Uh, the ESV leaves off here uh, at the very beginning of this, very beginning of the verse, uh, Vayahi, and it happened, and it came to pass, uh, and it happened. Uh, and in Hebrew, again and again, when you have, and it happened, uh, extremely, extremely frequently, you will have a context in time that follows, followed by the main point. Uh, and so it's to be expected when you hear vayahi, a lot of times a context in time will follow and you're waiting for the main point to come up. Uh, they'll set the context for, uh, for, what, uh, for what comes. And the context in time here, and it happened at the time when Merav, Saul's daughter, should be given to David. And so in Hebrew, we, when you hear, and it happened, it's very common. Uh, it doesn't have to be every single time, but it's very common that you have the context of time and you're waiting for, and it connects back, and she was given to Adriel, uh, the Maholothite, for a wife. Uh, and in Genesis, you don't have vayahi. And part of that, maybe because it's beginning of narrative, but narratives can actually start with that. Uh, Ruth does. Kind of maybe part of something bigger, but uh, they, they can start like that. And so no surprise that it's structured that way uh, here, and it doesn't provide then background information for uh, or just for uh, for uh, everything that necessarily uh, follows. It could be a little background, but it's an important event. Uh, but although this will lead to you now Saul's daughter, uh, Michal uh, loved David and they told Saul and the thing uh, pleased him. Uh, and so there are major, major differences and if Genesis began with and it happened, uh, it happened in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrew, you'd be kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> this happened, you know, main point. Uh, and so that's one of the closest that I found. And I just present to show you, you know, trying to find, you know, the, the very sort of closest parallel that you can make the best argument. Uh, a lot of times when you have scholars who argue for this, they don't even present, you know, ones that are 
kind of uh, that close, but with significant differences. And so I'm trying to make a better case for it than they do. Uh, so let's go back to Genesis now. I want to shift uh, to some of the reasons uh, for uh, the more traditional interpretation that would support it. Uh, we'll contrast some of these uh, things as well. Uh, and so, now again, uh, the, uh, the main argument, and really the arguments that come up uh, again and again uh, and again, for whether it's in the beginning or the beginning of something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning of God creating the heavens and the earth. Is it construct form? Is it constructed on something? Or is it grammatically absolute? Stands on its own in the beginning. Um, they will argue that the lack of the article, huh? kind, of, kind of like our the, uh, there are always differences in when languages will use them and when they won't. Um, uh, the lack of the article and then the very form of reshit, uh, uh, beginning, they say that very form is construct. So something must be, you know, it must be constructed, built on something that further specifies it. But as far as the article, and there are even liber li very liberal scholars who note this, it's complete bunk. It's, it's just rubbish. Uh, Time expressions, temporal expressions like this, uh, that say that context, are used ubiquitously everywhere, all over. I mean, it's, it's so common without an article, mm. all over the place. I don't even have to show you. We'll see some examples at some of the stuff we look at, but it's just everywhere. And so th that that issue keeps being raised is just, um, it's utterly, utterly irrelevant. And there are even some, <laughs> some uh, liberal scholars who, who know that, but... Here, I mean, uh, uh, Hendel, he does some good work in textual criticism, but he, he's really liberal, so you, you, have to, um, you have to watch his conclusions. <laughs> uh, sometimes you collect good data and such. Sometimes you'll present, uh, give a good overview of arguments that have been made for things, but you have to keep an eye like on the conclusions he arrives at sometimes uh, in the kind of the assumptions he'll slip in. Uh, but he says... Uh, but since reshit uh, is lexically the construct form, so since beginning is lexically the, the construct form, I'll just use English, uh, the absolute form, reshon, uh, another uh, kind of form of beginning, it, uh, that, this, that this in the beginning is ungrammatical. Notably, he talks about the, uh, the, the, Greek, uh, the Greek text, okay, uh, old, old Greek text, often called the Septuaginta, the 70, uh, early Greek uh, translation. Uh, the, the Greek translation, enarche, in beginning, uh, corresponds to the construct vocalization. It means they have to supply the vowels uh, because uh, Moses, the biblical authors, they don't give you the vowels, they primarily give you consonants. Um, and so it, it corresponds uh, to this. So there's no there's no article, uh, It's not an an or, or there's no article there. Uh, it's not it's not it's in woodenly in beginning, not in the beginning. 
that's how the uh, Masoretic rabbinic vowel points, uh, what they indicate. Uh, it, would it would have translated in beginning uh, with the articulated ente arche uh, in the beginning. Uh, the construct vocalization, supplying the vowels, uh, which is an uh, anomalous uh, in late and post-biblical Hebrew, is best understood as a preservation of the older and original form. So I give that by way of illustration. But he's just completely and utterly wrong uh, that, uh, that the absence of the article, and there's kind of equivocation between, we're saying you have to be careful. We're talking about gra grammatically construct, constructed on something in the beginning of, versus grammatically absolute. You could say that as far as the meaning, you could talk about the absolute beginning not grammar, um, being a creation. But even there, in a sense, that's relative to something. You, you go read John. In the beginning was the word. That's even earlier. <laughs> and so, you know, relative to God's uh, eternal existence, this, this isn't absolute in that sense. God didn't have a beginning that he came to be, uh, but he is the beginning. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, the Aleph and the Tav. Uh, so be beginning and end. Uh, and so Handel is just wrong here. And even the Masoretes, uh, the accenting they provide indicates they didn't read it as uh, constructed on what follows. They didn't read it as in the beginning of. They read it as in. Hmm. And so it'd be kind of like in English, we can say, we can say, at first, this happened. At first, God created we don't have to say at the first. And so it's a, it's a similar sort of thing uh, where uh, there are certain words where we don't have to use the word the, they don't have to use the, the article. And so I just do that to illustrate that you can have these things asserted over and over and over again. It's just, it's just plain wrong. What and was, so... What was that in the English? Hmm? How you said it without the article? Uh, at first. At first, no, this happened. So we, we have certain, you know, uh, expressions about something in a sequence or in time or uh, events where we don't have to use the English article. And so that's part of the thing of like learning another language uh, where they'll, they'll, they'll differ uh, in like where they use it and where they don't. Uh, and so some areas, uh, some areas, uh, they'll both use it. In others, they, they won't. And so a lot of times, even like a proper name in Greek can occur with an article. And so if you said, um, sorry, Steve, but uh, the, the Steve, the Steve is here. <laughs> it sounds kind, it sounds kind of, it sounds, I'm, I'm being kind of pompous on your behalf, aren't I? Postephanos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Fonds, you know, or the, whatever, you know, the Adam. Uh, it, it's just like in English, that's too much. You know, you don't have to... It's just, it's Adam, you know. <laughs> but uh, in Greek, oftentimes they can even use an article with the proper name. Because yeah, in a sense, look, there are many Adams in the world. And so what if you have multiple Adams in the world? It's the Adam I'm talking about or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Uh, and so here, Handel is just, he's just wrong about this. And he's citing the Greek text in support of this. Uh, and they don't support it. 
uh, they, they read it the same way because they translate it, what follows, just as a verb. Uh, and we'll even see that uh, going into, in the beginning was the word, and our hip, in beginning. <laughs> and so you, you have the same thing like in John yeah. uh, that, that he presents. Yeah, there's no word. The, it's not the yeah. word. It's just in English, we need the. We need the there. You know, it just sounds weird without it. So <laughs> we, have to, uh, we have to supply that. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't even convey like the same meaning in English because in beginning, what what are you talking about? In beginning was word, <laughs> or in in, uh, in in beginning was the word, or you know, uh, and so I, we we have to uh, we have to supply that. It's just kind of different tolerance that languages have, and so the the the, the primary argument, the article. There's no article. That's irrelevant, uh, and that's the construct form. But they're also just completely wrong on that, uh, too. And so looking at, is it possible, is it possible and then we'll, uh, that it could be grammatically absolute in the beginning? You know, is that a possibility? And then we'll look, you know, is, is it probable? You know, is that, is that the best uh, explanation? Uh, and even if for the sake of argument, you have the other it's still the beginning, we're going to see. And so, here, uh, looking at the, uh, the, the construct state, this form, uh, uh beginning, it can be used both in an abs uh, grammatically absolute sense and uh, in, in a construct uh, setting. And it's only context uh, that you can... Mm -hmm. Uh, tell and so it doesn't necessitate uh, the construct state. So go to, go to. Let's see. Well, we could look at a number of examples. Uh, here I'll just read from Leviticus two twelve. But you guys go to Isaiah forty six, verse nine. So Leviticus chapter two verse twelve. Uh, you have. As an offering of first fruits, you may bring them to the Lord, but they shall not be offered on the altar uh, for a pleasing aroma. Uh, and so here you have karban uh, reshit. Karban reshit. Reshit follows. Uh, and so offering, and you know, like karban, same idea. An offering to the Lord. You see that maybe in some English translations, they, they declare it korban, you know, kind of like offered, dedicated. Uh, an offering of first fruits. And there's the word. It's not an offering of, uh, of first fruit or not, not an offering of the first fruits of something. It's just offering of first fruits. And so reshit is absolute, but offering is constructed on it. And it further specifies the offering, an offering of first fruits. So is that a wave offering? Is that when it's not put on the altar, it's a wave offering? Uh, yeah, that, that could, could very well be uh, along, along with it. But uh, sometimes they even wave the, where they, they'd offer the, uh, the, the first fruits. I, I'd have to look at the context of uh, Leviticus 2.12. But yeah, you could, be, uh, you could be right there. I don't think that the, the the first fruits weren't put on the altar, so yeah, that would be that would be the wave offering. Here's my grain. Yeah. And, wave it before and now sometimes they would like wave, uh, 
you know, the, the portion that they would take, like the, the Levites, um, that they could then like eat and such. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. And so now Isaiah 46, uh, verse 9. Uh, and I also, oh yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll look at this, uh, verse 9. Remember uh, the former things. Zichru rishonot me'olam. And so you, you have a similar uh, word here. Now it's in the plural. Remember, uh, remember the the first or former things, plural. Of old. Uh, for I am God, and there is no other. And that uh, that you have absolute because it's followed by a preposition, not like a noun right after it. Uh, from from old. Uh, ESV has of old, from old. That's not long. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh. Me, me oh. uh, but then, for so remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. And so God proving that he's the one true God, and even uh, James White has kind of spoken about here that declaring the end uh, from, from the beginning. And, and remember the, the former things of old where you even see, I mean, God predicting and declaring, not predicting, but I mean decreeing the future. What will come to pass? Not just making a guess, you know, at it. <laughs> not that sort of, sort of prediction. He determined it. He determined the end from the beginning. Uh, and so that's why, why he knows it. It's not that uh, time uh, and space and history existed apart from God. It was another God alongside him and he just looked down the corridors of time and said, oh, I see what will happen. Let me make a prediction. <laughs> you know? No, he, he decreed it. Uh, he determined what would come to pass using all of the events, all of the choices of, uh, of creatures and you know, all the things that happen uh, alongside it, even subverting you know, human evil and sin. Uh, this demonstration that he is God, but I am God and there is none like me declaring the end. And so, uh, in here the, the order is actually a little different. Mereshit, uh, from beginning, from the beginning, acharit. And so declaring from the, the beginning, the end, you know, declaring the end from the beginning. You probably prefer to say in English. Um, and neither of these, nor did the one in Leviticus, uh, and I think you have another in Deuteronomy uh, 33, uh, verse 21. They don't have the article, and it's not constructed on something. And so declaring from the beginning, and the thing declared, the end. And so it's not the beginning of something, uh, but it's the beginning. And look at the context what kind of context are we looking at? What, what beginning? Looking at the beginning and the end. What beginning is God speaking about? When did he uh, declare these things? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we're looking at God declares what comes to pass from the very beginning. You know, from creation, from history. Uh, God decrees these uh, things 
uh, and, and from of old. I mean, you even see with like his covenants and with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and uh, could entail and bind up like all those things as well. But you have again and again that God determines the course of history. God declares uh, uh, what will happen. And so remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring uh, the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish uh, all uh, my purpose. Uh, and throughout the whole section in Isaiah uh, 40 through uh, 48, uh, you also have a lot of uh, creation themes like bound up in here. Uh, but... Uh, and so even with, uh, you know, his promises to the patriarchs and, and all those things, uh, God, uh, God declares what will come to pass. He knows he's God. Uh, there is no other. Hmm. And it's his counsel. My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God has a counsel, a decree, a determination of what will happen in history and a purpose for it too. So it's not just looking to see what will happen. Oh, you know, so-and-so will believe in me, so now I will choose them. <laughs> no, I will choose them and they will believe <laughs> I'm going to redeem them. Uh, and so no article and, we, we, and the acharit, acharit, it's a related word form, reshit, acharit. Uh, and they probably would have even been pronounced a little closer in uh, um, Moses' time and David's time and such, Isaiah. Uh, but they're related word forms and meanings, beginning and former, latter. Uh, and it's used, uh, it can be used both, constructed on things, ending of something, uh, or absolute, uh, and you also have uh, the uh, the word. Let's see, sherit, uh, uh, remainder, remnant, that can be used in both ways again and again. Uh, and so, it doesn't necessitate that's constructed on anything. It's a, it's only context. Uh, and in fact, uh, you even have. In the Qumran sectarian scrolls, it's not the not the biblical texts, but the, their own like writings and other things. Uh, you have this. You have both absolute and construct uses, uh, and even in modern Hebrew. Uh, in fact, we'll look at a little bit um, in in modern Hebrew. Just in John's writings, I found fourteen. Uses, uh, four in his gospel, uh, and then you have uh, 10 uh, in his first and second letters, uh, the Apostle John, uh, with the preposition, either mereshit, mereshit, uh, or mereshit, and no article. So even in modern Hebrew, and now you could say, well, that's modern Hebrew. Yeah, but you find it in ancient Hebrew, the same uses. It's, it's held today. Uh, they use it in the same way today. <laughs> and so uh, 14 uses, and I think I saw there about like 20 uh, that I found just from that one word. They're, they're related word forms uh, in the new, modern uh, Hebrew New Testament uh, from the, it's the 
Bible Society uh, in Israel. Bible Society in Israel. Uh, and so even today, uh, all the way from ancient Hebrew, from the, the oldest, I think I didn't have to look again. I remember reading some uh, writings. They're fairly fragmentary, but inscriptions from like the 8th and 7th centuries BC. Uh, I think you have some parallel examples uh, there as well. So uh, especially like 700s from like Hezekiah's time in that century. Uh, and just things like uh, they're writing to the uh, authorities that come from like uh, different places, but especially like uh, texts from uh, Lachish uh, that the Assyrians destroyed and burnt to the ground. And so we found all these like pottery shards and stuff uh, mm. with, with writing on them, and write, mm. writing about supplies and things like that. So uh, here the, the article uh, in the, uh, the and here the, the looking at the construct, uh, the, the very form of the word, does not necessitate that it's constructed on something. That's just, that's just false. And we could multiply uh, related examples. Uh, and so then, secondly, you know, looking at the possibility of this, uh, it can refer to absolute beginnings, which we just saw in Isaiah uh, here. Um, or, and the issue isn't even absolute beginnings, grammatically absolute, but I mean, you have a, uh, bound up with, if, if we looked at this whole section on Isaiah, a lot of creation themes uh, and such. Um, it could be from the patriarchs, but a lot of these things, even from like the beginning of creation, God has a purpose in history. Uh, and so uh, of old, uh, and then in Proverbs 8, uh, verse 23, uh, word form is a little different. Uh, rosh, uh, rosh. Uh, ages ago, I was set up at the first, uh, before the beginning of the earth, wisdom. Mm. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the wisdom. And now, wisdom there is uh, used in the, with the feminine, feminine pronouns. It's, it personifies her as a her. It's not referring to Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses will try and say, look, here's Jesus, <laughs> you know, first created and uh, such uh, like that. But wisdom something God possesses. And so... <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's all feminine. Uh, she, she is personified, wisdom. Wisdom, so not, 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 not Jesus. And that's why evangelical, sometimes we get a little carried away with our proof texts. <laughs> we have to be careful about proof texts because then when the Jehovah's Witnesses come oh. by and say, hey, this is Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might want to qualify that a bit. Yeah, Jesus is wisdom incarnate. You know, you see that like in Colossians oh. and they draw on some of these themes. But here, wisdom is a she. <laughs> what is the Hebrew noun for wisdom? Uh, is it a feminine noun? It's um, hacham. Oh. Hacham. Does it sound like a feminine noun, though? Or is it? Well, a lot, a lot of times they can, uh, there can even be like sort of inconsistencies sometimes. <laughs> and, and, yeah. sometimes and sometimes they also, there are certain ones where they'll have options. And oh, so yeah. part of it could yeah. even be like, uh, maybe like a choice. Oh. A lot, lot of like cities are personified oh, yeah. as feminine uh, and things like that. Uh, so, but yeah, I have to double check on that. So you even have relations, you know, that refer to looking at the beginning of creation and these themes and the beginning of history and the beginning of time, which very appropriate context then 
you know, if you're thinking and thinking of the biblical authors writing in Solomon and Isaiah and maybe what they, they had in mind, you know, the context that they draw on the beginning. Uh, and so, yes, it, it can be in the beginning. It can be grammatically absolute. It doesn't have to be grammatically relative or doesn't have to be the construct state. It can be the absolute state in the beginning versus in the beginning of something. Uh, and then, oh, let's see how far we get, you know. <laughs> I meant to move faster, but uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on more. Uh, and so now it's possible, you know, is it, is it probable? Uh, and uh, the, the, this grammatically absolute beginning, in the beginning. Uh, and let's see, just going back to uh, Genesis 1.1, and we'll quickly be going to, uh, I'll read from Exodus 20 as well, but Genesis 1.1. Uh, 1, 1. And so here we're looking at the, uh, the, the context uh, in the themes. Uh, maybe I won't get into this too much because we'll have opportunity to expand on the creation account. So we can make references back. But here where you see the incomplete state of the earth from uh, the, uh, the beginning. In the beginning, God created uh, the, the heavens and the earth. Uh, the earth was without form and void and darkness over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Here you have, it's incomplete. It's unfinished. Everything else is bringing it to its completion, bringing it to its fullness of the, the heavens and the earth. Uh, and if you just go to the end, God said, let there be light. And there was light. It's now light into the void of the darkness. Uh, and you, you see that again and again, the separation of the waters, the separation of the land, heavens above, earth, or the dry land called earth. Now, it's not just the watery, uh, the watery, uh, earth, uh, formless, barren uh, earth, but now the dry land. Uh, and then as you go, and so God takes it from its barren state and, and forms the creation and fills it. And then you get chapter two, verse one. Thus, well, uh, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there's morning, the sixth day. Thus, uh, the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Uh, and God uh, finished his work on the seventh day. Uh, that he, or God finished uh, on the seventh day his work that he had done. And God rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So his work that he had done, all his work that he had done. So God blessed the, uh, the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation that God created to do, which sounds weird in English, but just emphasizing all, all, everything, all his work. Uh, and we'll even see with the, the themes of heaven and earth and, and drawing on these things, the echoes back. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. God made, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. The he and the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And God it's going backwards. Heavens and the earth, God. In the Hebrew text, God. 
Uh, God finished his work they had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work they had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done, bara, uh, bara, create. They, they created to do. <laughs> uh, sounds odd in English. Um, uh, that uh, he, he had done in creation. And so heavens and the earth, God created. It goes, walks through it backwards uh, to bring, bring uh, inclusio bookends uh, to this whole section. God created everything. It's, it's all framed uh, from, uh, from the beginning. Uh, and then we, we've already like looked at, for instance, I was going to go to, but uh, the, the fourth commandment, Exodus 20, you have it again around 31 or so, uh, and then around 35. Uh, but where you see that, you know, you, you shall labor for six days uh, and then on the seventh day rest. And then it, the support it gives uh, for, for God uh, created the heavens, the earth, and all that is in them in six days and rested on the seventh. Uh, and even air changes, you, you'll then use like Sabbath there. And so it's kind of like interchanging. Here you have seventh in the creation account, but then with the idea of Sabbath, uh, the Sabbath, uh, the, the rest. Uh, and, and so then he goes on to say, you do likewise. So God created everything, the heavens, the earth, and all that is in them. Uh, the Apostle John says uh, in, in Revelation, uh, the heavens and all that, is, uh, all that is in them, or the heavens and all that are in them, uh, the earth and all that is in it, uh, and uh, the seas and all that are in them. <laughs> Just expanding on it. If you don't get it, that's everything. And everything that, that populates it in the, uh, the creation. And so God is creator. And we even uh, began to look, uh, I guess, would have been a couple weeks ago, like throughout Deuteronomy and such, these themes all throughout the Torah. God's the creator of everything, the heavens and the earth. He possesses them all. You even see that with uh, Melchizedek. He comes out and, uh, you know, blessed be Abram. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, he, he blesses, or is it the God, uh, Abram? Uh, but he says, the, uh, the possessor of heaven and earth, who possesses uh, all things and as the, the creator. Uh, and so... Uh, all of these themes and ideas. Uh, and then even as we've talked about, uh, we've already uh, touched on. Uh, and so, you know, is it probable, you know, is this the best explanation? It fits all, all the themes perfectly. The beginning, from the very beginning. And even for the sake of the argument, you know, we take the other one. It's still the beginning. When is that? In the beginning uh, of God creating the heavens and the earth. What is that? <laughs> you know, take, take this whole thing as a whole. It's incomplete. It's finished. And it's not that it didn't exist before or that it's pre-existent matter because look at chapter 2, verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Uh, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. Uh, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. 
in a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then Yahweh God formed the man from the dust uh, of, of the ground. Uh, and so here you have this introduction of this generation's account, this genealogy, where you're going to see the man come forth from the earth. Uh, God brings him forth for, from the earth. Um, but does that mean God didn't create the heavens and the earth? And then when you read the background information, when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground uh, in a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Does it mean God didn't create the ground? Does it mean he didn't create the, uh, the, the spring that came up? Or the, the water? Of course not. Just because it's introducing, it's setting a context. And so the, there's an unresolved issue here. And the central issue here is man's missing. And so he's going to create man uh, from, from the ground. The man comes from the earth. Uh, the, the earth is sort of the progenitor of, of the man. God creating from man from the earth. The Adam from the Adama. Uh, the human from the ground. And the woman from the man. And then man comes from the woman, Cain. And then the offspring of the serpent, offspring of the woman, Abel, Seth, Cain in his line. Uh, and so even here, and here you, you have kind of a parallel uh, that could maybe be used to, to support uh, the, in the beginning of, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. When they were created, in the day of uh, Yahweh God making the earth and the heavens. Um, but they come at the end. They're a sub-point. Uh, they don't serve uh, the same role as before. And all of the generations accounts start with a full sentence. That's a full sentence. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't set up a context, or it, it doesn't set up a kind of cause context in time for the background points that follow. Uh, which, I mean, literally, or woodenly in uh, more directly, verse 5, uh, and every uh, and every bush of the field. It's not when uh, the ESV trying to make it like flow a little, but more smoothly there. Uh, and so, and no bush of the field, you know, is uh, yet in the land. No small plant of the field uh, had yet sprung up. Uh, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain. And so, it doesn't move the narrative forward. Doesn't tell you what happened. This is just the state of things. Uh, to understand what follows. It's saying the context in the garden, man being absent, and then God's going to bring resolution to that and create the man uh, to uh, work uh, the, uh, the ground. Uh, and you even have another that would seem, uh, that could maybe support uh, even verse three, or I mean chapter three, verse one, where you have, Vehanahash, Vehanahash uh, Hayarum, and so, and the serpent. It changes attention to the serpent, just like, uh, just like with the earth. And the earth was without form and void. It shifts attention mm. now to make a new statement uh, for a new sentence, a new idea. There's a transition. There's a shift uh, that takes place, which is good narrative. In the beginning, sets so the context in time. Uh, and then introduce the participant. God created the heavens and the earth. 
now you have the idea of heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void gives the state, incomplete state of it. Uh, darkness over the face of the deep, spirit of God hovering over the face of waters. Now we get to the, the main narrative that will move it forward. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so God's bringing completion. And so that's a good narrative, following the context, following the themes, uh, and then just, you know, this is kind of the expectation of how Hebrew narrative works. A lot of Greek narrative and a lot of English as well. Uh, and if we had time, we could also look at, uh, well, maybe I have to touch on a bit more. We'll, we'll weave it into other things. We'll move forward, um, but we'll be able to look then at more of uh, themes and the ideas of God as a creator throughout uh, the, the Torah, uh, throughout the Tanakh, uh, all the Old Testament scriptures and uh, the New Testament. God is creator uh, over, over all. Uh, another passage that would maybe at first seem like, like it would uh, possibly support the other interpretation would be uh, introduction to chapter 5. Uh, this is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, uh, or uh, here, in the day of God creating man, or of God creating, uh, man, or uh, in the day, we could say, when God created man. Uh, and so, it, very similar construction there, but what follows, uh, God, and so what, uh, when God created man, or in the day when God created man, um, he made him in uh, the likeness, uh, or he made him in the likeness of God, male and female, he created them. And there, uh, the main point it's in the likeness of God, he created him. Um, no connected, no shift of attention uh, there. And so, again, you have, you have differences, and the generations account starts with a full sentence again. And so it may be, yeah, the, the beginning of, of Genesis, uh, it's, not a, it's not a generations, it's not genealogy. Uh, it plays kind of a unique role, but all of the other main sections start with a complete sentence. You know, a complete idea, a big picture idea, a general statement, and everything that follows fits into that. Uh, and so uh, we'll have to pick this up, you know, Lord willing, in January. Uh, but just uh, looking at uh, the, uh, the themes, how narrative works, you know, secondly, uh, sort of the expectations that we should have with Hebrew narrative. You know, it doesn't start the things like we spoke about, and it happened. Okay, now we expect uh, place and time at the main point. Uh, it, do, it doesn't have that until it, it's good narrative. Uh, and then even uh, mentioned, we, we could look at more uh, the, as, as far as I know, in reading commentaries and such, all ancient translations uh, support and follow uh, the, uh, the traditional understanding uh, one way or another. Some kind of, maybe like Samaritan Pentateuch might kind of add it like an article that you'd expect like duh. Uh, but uh, they, all, they all have it. You have a, you know, at least a couple, maybe Rashi, who's after like 11, 1100 or so AD, 1100, like within somewhere around there. Um, but uh, they, they all have this, the early Greek translations uh, and even going into the New Testament, 
Enarche enologos. In the beginning was the word. Now, you have some differences with John, but he's drawing like right on that. He's drawing right on that. Uh, and uh, you, you can't miss the connection was the word. So you have, you have a verb, you know, a main idea uh, that follows was the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and he's drawing on uh, those, uh, those things. And so uh, from the themes, uh, from expectations about, about narrative and how, it, how it's structured and flows uh, in the ancient translators. And so just to summarize, uh, Joshua D. Wilson, in an article that we misunderstood Genesis 1.1, on the answers in Genesis, he says, uh, here's the main takeaway. Uh, the, he says, depending clause, I'll just say, I'll use traditional. It's less traditional, I mean, it'd be pejorative, but the non-traditional understanding of Genesis 1.1 is not grammatically uh, easy, is difficult and awkward. Uh, the traditional understanding of Genesis 1.1 is grammatically easy. And the most basic principle for understanding any language is to follow the ease of grammar. Uh, the ancient translators were just as familiar with the grammatical issues as we are today, and they followed the ease of grammar by rendering the passage in its most normal, uh, traditional sense. So the main question should not be, quote, is there something in the Hebrew that the ancient translators missed? End quote. Uh, the, th that answer is clearly no. Uh, the better, more humble question should be, is there something in the Hebrew we have missed? Uh, the traditional understanding of Genesis 1-1 is trustworthy. In the absolute beginning, God uh, did indeed create the heavens uh, and earth out of nothing. Uh, and as the rest of the chapter and Exodus 20 verse 11 teach, he did it supernaturally by his word in six uh, literal uh, days. Uh, and maybe even... Uh, who did there, uh, you have some commentaries that even talk about, mostly as you go through the creation account, you don't have all these uh, temporal like uh, expressions, starting points, reference frames, uh, where they're not the main point, and then you have the main point that follows, uh, but tends to be broken up more throughout the, throughout the narrative uh, along, along the way. And so I think there are some things that Joshua Wilson might, overstate as far as particular arguments. You know, the stylistic argument isn't as, quite as strong. Uh, looking at uh, the history of translation, uh, is it, it's a secondary argument, but paired together with everything else, uh, I, I think that the traditional interpretation is the strongest and best explanation. And even if you took the other one, it's not when God began to create in the beginning of God creating you're still right at the beginning. <laughs> Just look at the look at the context. And so in some ways, this is why I don't like to go into these uh, detailed issues because, I mean, the, the context is more important. And a lot of times you can just atomize the text too much, but it comes up enough and there are some legitimate issues to consider. So uh, we, we went for it and uh, now uh, we'll be able to dive, uh, dive in more just right into the text and compare it to what... Uh, some of the Egyptians and peoples around them taught about creation versus mm -hmm. the, uh, the Israelites, which would be quite stark. So let's close with prayer. 
Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you uh, for revealing yourself, the one true living God, uh, our creator. Uh, we thank you that you've revealed yourself, not just through your inscripturated word, but through your incarnate word, uh, your eternal son, uh, who is uh, made flesh, uh, who existed uh, as God and uh, with you, uh, with God for all eternity. Uh, and that he became flesh. He, he took on a human nature uh, to himself, that he might tabernacle and dwell among us, uh, that he might reveal uh, you, our creator. And uh, we thank you uh, for him. We thank you for his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, bearing uh, our sins uh, in our place, uh, and that you clothe us in his very righteousness and declare us just in your eyes uh, because of his finished work. And so we thank you for him and pray that you'd bring us all together again safely uh, and that uh, you'd build up our local body uh, and the body of Christ all throughout the world and uh, throughout all ages. Uh, we pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen.